1: The latest episode of KCSN Update, your daily Chiefs podcast and video from us here at KCSN. It's the headlines, rumors, stories, and stats people are talking about to get you through the day and caught up with all things Chiefs. Different guests each week with different perspectives. The latest episode of KCSN Update, proudly presented by DraftKings, begins now.
2: What's up, Chiefs Kingdom? I'm BJ Kissel, CEO and founder of KC Sports Network. That is... Is Matt Miller from ESPN and this is KC an Update, our daily chief show and podcast here at KC Sports Network, presented by our friends at DraftKings. Thanks for hanging out, spending part of your day with us today. Please hit that like and subscribe button if you're on YouTube. You can also follow us on your favorite podcast platform by searching KCSN. And we don't just cover the Chiefs. We cover all Kansas City sports and the three local colleges. So, Matt, let's get into the headlines right now. Let's just get right into this. Um, I know it's still it's been a couple of days, but it's still kind of weird just in the NFL world uh, with, you know, waiting on hopefully more good news uh, from what we've seen uh, lately on Demar Hamlin. Um, the Bills defensive back uh, that tragically went down and had the, the cardiac arrest. But uh, I haven't had a chance to talk with you and everybody's kind of shared their opinions. But as somebody who's covered the game and been so close to it for so long, you know, what was your reaction and just this whole kind of feeling that we all kind of have right now uh, as it relates to talking about the NFL?
3: Yeah, it's tough. And I think I feel like everybody kind of took the day off, you know, almost uh, Tuesday to like, hey, let's not talk about football right now. It doesn't really matter. You and I are sitting here Wednesday morning and it's like, okay, we're, we're kind of getting back into the, the swing of actually working, you know, and like covering the, the different ways that we cover football. I mean, it's it's tragic. It's sad. It's scary. Uh, I don't know DeMar Hamlin personally, but I obviously evaluated him when he was coming out of pit and he was a, a really good player who just, unfortunately he had some injuries in college that uh, made him drop in the draft. Obviously the bills got a steal, you know, he's become such a huge part of their secondary a part of their success um so yeah. you know and it, it's tough because it's like we all like we we revert back to talking about the football part of it and it's like as a human being like it's it's terrifying you know to have yeah. to, to see a player collapse and and we've seen you know some head injuries this year that are like gosh they make you want to turn the channel and you know read a book and not watch football for a while something like this, it's just, it, it hits so much harder. And, and not only that, I don't know how, how it was for you, but like seeing Josh Allen crying and, yeah. and to see the reaction of the players on both sides of the field. I mean, it, it got me, you know, and I, I think all of us have experienced in our lives, unfortunately, you know, loss and tragedy. And it, it uh, you know, reminds you of how fragile life is and, and to see it, you know, in, in an unexpected fashion. You know, I thought Booger McFarland said it so well. It's like, we watch football to be entertained. And when something like this happens, like no one's interested in being entertained anymore. So um, I'm hoping for the best, obviously, you know, if you're a person that prays, hopefully you're praying for DeMar Hamlin. If you're not, hopefully it's, you know, you're sending out all the positive vibes and energy that you can, because it's, you know, the football, as you know, like we've both worked in this industry a long time, it seems like a really big league, but it's actually really small. And and that fraternity of players and, and people who work with teams is, incredibly tight knit. And I know it's not just affecting the bills. It's not just affecting, you know, pit Panthers. It's affecting everybody, you know, that, that plays this game really.
2: Yeah. I think, you know, for me, obviously not having any connection, uh, to to Mark, to DeMar Hamlin, uh, you know in the, the latest update on him just for people listening is that he is currently sedated on a ventilator um this is from uh, cnn on the report that he said sedated on a ventilator as doctor doctors work toward getting him to breathe on his own his uncle had told the local media um but that he's trending upwards in a positive way. And I saw some, you know, he's on 50% oxygen as opposed to hundred percent. So he's making strides going in the right way. Uh, There are, there is some, some concern on his lungs just because he had to be resuscitated uh, two different times. But Matt, for me, it was, you know, not having a connection to him, but knowing the being around the players and empathizing with, you know, the rest of us kind of start to move on a little bit and just kind of talk about the league and just kind of get that, I don't think that feeling in the back of you know our minds or just kind of like that sunken feeling is gonna completely go away for anyone who covers the league, especially for people who have have been around the players and kind of humanize them. I start thinking about all the guys that I've covered or guys that I've been around, yeah. like yeah. holy cow, I can't imagine uh, for the Bills what this is like um to go through this. But Um, we did see the other side and I talked about this with Nate Taylor a little bit yesterday. We were going to talk about a a number of different things and it ended up just being, we talked about DeMar Hamlin and just kind of ended. And once we ended the show, we just kind of blankly sat and just kind of stared, like, I can't believe, um, you know, we're seeing the ugly side. Of football yeah, uh, in so yeah. many different ways, but in a lot of ways, we also saw the beauty of social media on uh, the way that social media rallied behind Demar Hamlin's foundation uh, for a GoFundMe link that yeah. hadn't been activated really in a couple of years is now over six point two million dollars. Oh my gosh! And I saw that at like fourteen grand. I think somebody said they saw it at yeah. eight grand. Now it, I saw it at fourteen grand when I started sharing it, and the whole world uh, was sharing at the same time. And for that to go to six point two million, you get to see the other side of things. Um,
3: But just imagine when he, you know, is able to come off the sedation and they, you know, obviously his family is going to be there with them and and they're going to, you know, they're going to have their moment of, you know, hey, you're okay. And, but they're eventually going to get to tell him, BJ, hey, you remember that toy drive that you started? There's over $6 million in there now. Like just the, you know not only the you know like jubilation they'll be able to have that that he's healthy and, and he's recovering and he's okay, but to be like this is how much people love you. You know, I saw someone tweet yeah. like we often don't get to do that. We talk about people once they're gone and we don't get the right. opportunity to express our emotions for them while they're still here. Something we all could probably do a better job of, but for sure uh, you know for for them to be able to have that moment with him of this, you know, this is how much people care about you. And these are the teams and the players and the people who've donated to a cause to show their support for you. I mean, that's, you know, I, as you know, I have an older brother who has some health issues and, and he had to be, you know, sedated, was in a, a coma for a while. I don't remember exactly how long because you lose track of time, but, you know, yeah. I remember when he, when we got the call that, Hey, he's awake, you know, you guys can see him. Uh, and he wasn't able to speak for for a long time uh, after that, but just being able to talk to him and say, Hey, here's what, here are all the people that have checked on you. You know, here are the people that have you know reached out or come to visit, Um, I know how much that meant to him. I know how much it meant to us. So uh, I'm looking forward to hearing those stories about DeMar Hamlin next.
2: Absolutely. I I think the whole world is waiting on that good news. And it's not something you can rush and you have to let it take its course. And I, Mm -hmm. you know, you, talk about the doctors and the athletic trainers and all those people on the sidelines when you watch an NFL game and you see hundreds of people on the sideline uh, and you don't necessarily know who they are. You see the people going out there with water bottles. I see it on social media. They're talking about, oh, the water, bo- the water boys and the water girls and all this. Like those are trained medical professionals that are right. out there that, um, you know, the stories and the, the information that will come out um, when we get the good news that he has pulled through all of this, that it's very likely that the experts and the, the trained medical people saved his life. Yeah. Um, administering CPR and all of that. And that's th- those other stories and ways that the NFL gets a lot of grief for a lot of things and rightfully so, and a lot of ways that they've handled this, but having those professionals down on the field in um, the way that they were able to take care of him so quickly um, was, you know, a, I don't want to say a, a light within a pretty dark place, but when you're trying to look for the positives and, right. and you know, what a, things that could have happened and all of that, like it, There's so many layers to this. And um, yeah, for the rest of this video and for us, this podcast, not necessarily, we're not going to get into the playoff seeding stuff. It's not the time for that, but I do want to talk to you because uh, we generally get your stock up, stock down report. Normally it's on Mondays, uh, but you were stranded in Colorado. I was still down in Dallas with family and friends. And um, I want to ask a question because it's kind of been thrown around and I want to spend some time on this with all of the numbers that we've seen from Patrick Mahomes this season, and obviously the context, and we've talked about it almost every week, everybody's talked about it yeah. every week with Tyreek Hill not being with the Chiefs anymore. Is this the most impressive season of Patrick Mahomes' career in your opinion?
3: Uh, man, it, it's maybe, you know, I, I do look back to the, you know, the first years of a starter throwing 50 touchdowns with fewer passes than he's done this year. I, I think people forget that, you know, it's, he was having five, six touchdown games consistently that year, obviously, um, to get to the 50 touchdown mark. Um, It's why he's going to with more yards this year and fewer touchdowns. You know, some of that is probably the Tyreek factor. Um, That being his first year as a starter, I'll take 2018 as the most impressive year just because it was like, ah, here's this kid who's like – he was a first-round pick and is unorthodox and, and, you Mm -hmm. know, he played that game against the Broncos, the rookie, and you're like, oh, okay, like – there's some flashes here, but like he he didn't throw a touchdown that game, right? So I don't think anyone <laughs> knew. And like you'll remember because you were working there at the time that all the conversation, that training camp, do you remember was like, he throws so many interceptions in practice and like he's yeah. this is gonna, he can't get the play call out in the huddle. And, and now it's like, wait, he just, he won an MVP through 50 touchdowns, then won a Super Bowl. Uh, he's pretty good. Yeah. Um, so I'll take that. I'll take 2018 as the most impressive, but I do think, uh, 2022 almost solidifies it you know of how great he is because I, I do think you know there was definitely doubters who would say oh well he has Tyreek oh he has Travis Kelsey you know and yeah. as you know I grew up a Niners fan and I still get this shit from people who are like well Joe Montana had Jerry Rice and I say like, okay well so did Steve Young you know and they they all had Bill Walsh so like who gets the credit maybe it's everybody so I think for Patrick to have You know, it's almost like Tom Brady leaving Bill Belichick and winning a Super Bowl. It gives you some credibility, you know, of, hey, I can actually do this on my own. I'm I'm also talented. So I think for Patrick this year, it's a little bit of that, you know, to be like, hey, Tyreek is great. He's a great player, but I can actually do this without him and we can do this without him. So I do think it it takes away any not that anyone could or should doubt Patrick Mahomes, but if anyone were. Like this is okay. This, this dude's actually doing it on his own and he's going to win another MVP and he's already thrown for 5,000 yards. I mean, I don't want to say he's not going to throw for 10 touchdowns uh, this weekend against the Raiders, <laughs> but he's probably not going to hit 50 touchdowns again this year. Um, but, you know, he's going to have 40 yeah. plus touchdowns to lead the league. And, and I, I do think we've seen, a, you know, just the next step in his career
2: i talked about this on the the 10 things show uh, which ends up becoming like 15 things because the superlatives yeah. and the records and the paces and all those things uh are through the roof and it's actually pretty um uh fun for me to remind myself and we talk about like not normalizing greatness and understanding what we're mm-hmm. watching and even just like reading through and reading through these stats and repeating them a couple of times and just for not just for effect but just kind of like let this sink in a little bit I got some stats here to talk about what Patrick Mahomes has seen this season I will respectfully push back just a little bit um I think this is his most impressive season I think you can't remove nobody want everybody's sick and tired of talking about Tyreek not being on this team but yeah. talking about in my opinion the most explosive player to ever play the game he's one of the top three receivers in the league
1: yeah. and that
2: guy and that's taking nothing away from Juju and these other guys that have come on the team but Every team's gonna have some guys, but yeah. you remove Tyreek Hill and his ability to take a quick bubble screen and pick up 15-20 yards, if not a touchdown, in some very easy ways. There's a lot of yardage that became much more difficult to pick up. A lot of those yeah. easy yards yes, weren't as sure. easy this year. So when you look at some of these and the talking about yardage on Saturday against the Raiders, Patrick Mahomes need 186 yards. Pass, passing plus rushing combined to pass Drew Brees for the most combined passing and rushing yards in a single season in NFL history.
3: Oh my gosh! Yeah, okay, I didn't know that. That's pretty. Damn <laughs> I, got, okay, I that's, got a
2: few. I got a few more. But
3: right? it's Jesus like
2: Christ. that. It's you talk about the yardage mm-hmm. and it being like there was no step back. The Chiefs are the leading yeah. offense, like averaging well, the most points, most rushing yards Then great. Yeah. Right? he set okay. the the franchise record for touchdowns in a season. Um, he he's doing all of it and teams have scouting reports on him. They know what they can take away. They don't, and they don't have the ability to pick up as many easy yards as they did because they don't have a freak of nature, alien athletic specimen out on the outside that can take, you know, a quick pass and run it. Not that they still don't include those, you know, not that a lot of his touchdowns aren't to Jarek McKinnon and some other shorter passes, but not going to compare what Tyreek is athletically and his ability to pick up easy yardage. Um, To make things easier, not just on Mahomes, but the entire offense. So, Patrick Mahomes, 186 yards on Saturday to pass Drew Brees for the most yards by a quarterback in NFL history, combining passing and rushing. And the one that you were mentioning earlier, not normalizing some of this, you're talking about quarterbacks in NFL history that have seasons with at least 5,000 yards passing. Only three quarterbacks in NFL history have done it more than once, and it's Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady who have each done it twice. Patrick Mahomes is 27. Tom Brady is 45. And Brady's and then, were 10
3: years apart. I, I, I do <laughs> vividly remember that. They were 10 years apart. Yes.
2: And then Drew Brees, who did it five times, who just racked up yardage left and right. Yeah. But when you start talking in context of not just individual great seasons for Mahomes, when you start talking about career numbers for a player that is going to set all kinds of records before he turns 30 years old and a lot of these 5,000, excuse me, you know, 5,000 passing yards, 40 touchdown yeah. seasons. You're talking about Patrick Mahomes being tied with Truebreeze as the only two quarterbacks in NFL history to do that multiple times.
3: Pretty good company. Twenty seven.
2: Like by the time he's 30, he's going to have every right. career record of combined passing. Isn't it wild that he's technically the not
3: in his prime yet? Isn't that scary? And I like for quarterbacks, you know, it's probably like 30, 32, you know? Like, yeah. I mean – I hate you guys, Chiefs fans. It's it's not fair, right? And on top of that, you also have Patrick and I used to like give each other a hell about this. And I'm going to just, I hope he watches this because I'm going to finally admit that he's right. Um, you also have the greatest tight end to ever play the position who's yeah. having his best year as well. And it's, he's supposed to be slowing down. He's supposed to be old yeah. and slowing down, and it's not happening. So, it's is fantastic. And to your point, if, if you want to make out, like lay out the argument, this is his best year. I think you would even say like guys like Miko missing an extensive amount of time and the expectations on him. Uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire expected to be, you know, to take some of the pressure off, missed so much time yeah. this year. You know, so I, I do think, you know, my arm could be twisted. I
2: mean, the offensive line. I mean, that was going to be a strength of this team and they've been playing much better lately. Talk about Orlando yeah. Brown Jr. given him a lot of flack. He's been playing much better, but, you look at those pro football focused numbers between Andrew Wiley and Orlando Brown jr. Those two tackles and combine to give up the most pressures in the league. So it wasn't just the Mahomes was making plays and getting all these yards and putting up these crazy numbers. He was doing it under more pressure than most every other quarterback in the NFL based on, you know, the two tackles on the outside uh, and what they've been doing. So you start adding more and more context. He's the front runner MVP. He's the obvious MVP candidate. In my mind, Uh, you can make cases and you can say other guys had great seasons taking nothing away from, you know, the cases for guys like Justin Jefferson, like I'll, I'll listen to that. Like I'll, Except hear for that he didn't out, have but catch Sunday.
3: So yeah. Well, you know, like, I know I'm, I'm willing to call.
2: have, I'm not so hard line on this. I'm yeah. willing to, to hear out the conversation. Yeah, uh, But I think again, the
3: best, like if Patrick doesn't win it, it will be because people watch the Eagles with Gardner Minshew and said, Jalen hurts is like a bigger part than maybe they realized. Mm-hmm. I don't have like a real vote. I mean, we vote at ESPN, and they'll put it out there, and you'll see my name and Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> um, but I, he's like, you're you're galaxy branding yourself to not vote for him. Like, if, you're, yeah. if you don't vote for him, you have a bias. Is it, basically <laughs> where we're at.
2: Even for Chiefs fans, like to look at the the last game against the Broncos, be like, man, Mahomes didn't play a lot. We said after the game, he's like he let MVS down, uh, is what he had said, and yep. missed on some throws he should absolutely make, and they made some crazy throws uh, that only a couple quarterbacks in the league could probably make. Uh, but he had three hundred twenty-eight yards. How many yeah. times has he done Every this this game. season, where yeah. you watch other quarterbacks put up three hundred twenty-eight yards in a performance like that, and you're like, man, that was a pretty good game. Like I, I think it's forced it said the one in the week, end zone. His worst Fine, game
3: is a career game for most quarterbacks. Like yeah. when we, we've sat down on Mondays and be like, hey, Patrick was a little off today. Like, yeah, you know, that wasn't his best. And then you look at the numbers and you're like, you know, Russell Wilson would, I don't know what he would give up. Uh, he would give up his office at Invesco <laughs> Stadium to have a day like that. Right.
2: Let us know in the comment section if you think this is the best game of Patrick Mahomes' career. Uh, we are going to get Matt Miller's stock up, stock down report right after this. If you've been watching on YouTube, click the link in the corner. It'll take you to the rest of this show in the podcast. Uh, format, but that's all we've got for YouTube. Uh, we appreciate that. We're going to take a quick word from our friends over at DraftKings right now. Appreciate everybody for hanging out. Please hit that like and subscribe button. Here's a quick word from DraftKings the fan, the tradition, the glory. There's nothing more thrilling than college football, and it all comes down to the national championship game happening on Monday. My go to for betting is DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top rated sportsbook apps. TCU in Georgia, that's who's squaring off. It's basically the favorite all season against the underdog that's taken the college football landscape. By storm this year. Personally, I've got to stay loyal to the Big 12 and root for TCU. And right now, new customers can bet just $5 on college football and get $200 in free bets instantly, win or lose. Plus, everyone can combine multiple bets for a bigger payout with DraftKings same game parlays. I personally love the app because it's easy to navigate and I can find the players I'm looking for quick and easy. I love to bet simple on my same game parlays, pick an over under pick the team that I think is going to cover. And, uh, but I always struggle to take the under Matt just because uh, I love action. I love, uh, I love points. I love knowing that there's always a chance that it could happen. I don't want to root against guys making plays. But Go download that DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use code KCSN. New customers can bet just $5 on college football and get $200 in free bets instantly. That's code KCSN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the show notes for details.
1: You're listening to the fastest growing sports media network in Kansas City,
0: KC Sports Network. We'll be back right after this. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix.
1: Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. All
2: right, welcome back. It is time now for Matt Miller from ESPN and his stock up stock down report. Normally again, we do this on Mondays, but the weather and the holiday had us uh, mixing up the schedule a little bit. We appreciate Brett Coleman for hopping on with Tucker on Monday, but Matt, let's start with the stock up. Uh, What have you got for us?
3: Yeah, I'm not. I'm not going to go Patrick Mahomes this week, BJ. On the stock up, we know how great number fifteen is. I'm tired of telling him how great he is. You're tired of hearing it. You guys are never going to get tired of hearing it. But we're not going to nope. talk about the MVP this week, at least not directly. My first stock up, uh, I think, is the most valuable role player, maybe in the NFL, and that is Jarek Jet McKinnon. I mm-hmm. have been a fan of this guy from the minute he came into the NFL, and he is. I mean, his value is is huge in the passing game. You know, is um, being able to take the dump offs, being able to – like they just have a chemistry right now where when Mahomes has to move, when he has to, you know, drift in the pocket, McKinnon knows where to get. And I, I think we're seeing him become maybe the second most reliable receiver on this team behind Travis Kelsey, but he did it again Sunday with two touchdown catches, um, averaging over 10 yards a catch because of that yards after ability. Uh, so stock up. And honestly, if there was like a utility player, you know, like in the NBA they do the best sixth man. Uh, Jerick McKinnon would be in the in the mix there, like best their down back or, you know, best Band-Aid. It, Jerick McKinnon's up there.
2: It was needed at a time in which the team wasn't playing well. I mean, he has really stepped yep. up at a time in which, and again, relative. <laughs> I, gotta, <laughs> I feel like I got to add this disclaimer right. every time we talk about the Chiefs offense, air quote, struggling because they're still on pace. They get over a 300 yards against the Raiders. They're going to have most 300-yard performances in franchise history. They have 15. The only game they didn't get 300 yards of total offense was against Seattle and they had 297 and And obviously
3: close. Yeah. Right. And they
2: still won that game. And so it's more impressive to me what Jarek McKinnon has done, because again, he's not doing it at a time in which a, like they're running up the score, they're doing all this. Like these are high leverage, high pressure, third down, Right, uh, Their ability to run screens in the plus 30, like inside close to the red zone. A lot of people have given Andy Reid credit for being the best screen game coach and best screen game caller in the NFL. And Jarek McKinnon has been the beneficiary of that. But his ability, his vision to read those blocks and creed humphrey and trey smith those guys out in space uh doing work like it's just been special but the greatest part of it for me again is just the fact that it's always seemed to come in big moments it's not late in the game when it, it doesn't matter like these touchdowns these eight touchdowns that he's had receiving every one of them seems to have come in a time at which it was really needed for him to step up
3: yeah no he's been a spark uh when they absolutely need one. like you said a lot of third downs or you feel like drives are stalled and like, okay, well, let's just, you know, get some field position a punt. And then it's, Oh wait, no, actually uh, we're, we're good. We're in good shape here. So a uh, big stock up there. Um, Another one, another stock up. And I think this is almost every week at this point, Chris Jones, right. When I think like he can't have a better game, he just keeps having better games and against, you know, a, a Broncos interior offensive line that wanted no part of the chiefs pass rush. I mean, I, I thought, you know, I thought Chris had a good game. Brandon Williams had a, another good game. Um, Frank Clark, Colin Saunders, those guys played very, very well up front. But Chris Jones is the catalyst. And it might not always show up in like, oh, well, he had one sack and maybe one hit. But it's the hurries. It's the almost the assist that he gives other guys who are, are able to get to the quarterback because he's flush in the pocket or he's collapsing, you know, multiple blockers. So I, I've said it before. And he's a first-team All-Pro defensive tackle, in my opinion. I don't think there's a D-tackle playing better in the NFL right now than Chris Jones is.
2: His ability to take over games at times um, is exactly what the Chiefs need going forward. Um, yeah, talk about you know, in a completely different context, giving guys their flowers. Like Chris Jones, has his development and his ability to take on leadership roles. As somebody that I was around him, he's always like good hearted like guys in the rock room liked liked him he was always a mm-hmm. uh, funny just a giant kid almost and not in like a a bad way right just no, lighthearted, funny. funny like just a funny dude to be around he's yeah. the first guy you'd want to go to in the locker room and get a quote from um when something like they're getting ready to play in like you know negative wind chills like you want to go talk to chris jones who's like i want to put a hoodie and a heated blanket under my jersey i'm going to ask <laughs> alan right if i can do that like it was always something fun with that dude but for him to be as dominant and step up the way he has but for me and this isn't a knock on him but this is very much like a a challenge to him and, and guys at his level the Patrick Mahomes the Travis Kelsey that they take care of business against the Raiders they get into the playoffs pe- people are going to remember Chris Jones that when they look back on his career what he does in the playoffs in moments like this we're yeah. right in the middle of the prime of Pat- Patrick Mahomes in the middle of or not quite to the the prime of patrick mahomes that you mentioned earlier and travis kelsey this is a time that chris jones needs to step up and show how dominant he is over the course of a four game stretch and not necessarily the regular season because i've made the same case it's why i defend and have defended frank clark i don't care what he does in the regular season as long as they're good enough they put themselves in a position frank clark is fifth in nfl history in postseason sacks
3: yeah people might forget that like
2: it it and his ability to make plays uh, down the stretch. And we saw it against the the last few weeks. Frank Clark has made plays down the stretch when the games Mm -hmm. start to matter. And so I see Chris Jones in that same light. Like this is when it starts to matter. This is when legacies are created uh, when they get into the playoffs and he plays at the level that we've all talked about him being at. We need to see it against you know Josh Allen and the the Bills or Joe Burrow and the Bengals and those big moments that matter.
3: Yeah. And Chris usually turns it on in the playoffs. Like you said, I mean, but this yeah. is the second best season he's ever had statistically. And I think it's the best season he's ever had from a, again, context standpoint, but then also from uh, an impact standpoint, uh, I do want to shout out the rookies real quick. The final mm-hmm. stock up Trent McDuffie great game uh, on Sunday. And then also George Karloftis. I mean, the Broncos offensive line is not one to write home about the chiefs got to Russell Wilson a lot. Some of that, is let's give the Chiefs credit. Some of that is, hey, the Broncos are not good up front. Uh, but I loved that we saw, I mean, we saw McDuffie get a sack. We saw Karloff is clean and plays up. Um, so it, a, as you mentioned, you know, Frank Clark, who cares what he does in the regular season? turned on the playoffs. I think for the rookies, it's watching them get better every week. And we're almost to the playoffs. And as I mean, you could throw Pacheco in there um, as well, but th- it just feels like these young guys are clicking at the right moment instead of, you know, wearing down toward the end of the season and maybe some that's because McDuffie missed time with an injury. But it feels like Karloftis, who last year at Purdue, this is what happened to him. He was great early in the year, and then he just, like, wore down. And so I think you got to give him credit for working with guys like Bobby Stroop to change his, you know, his energy levels and his conditioning and his physique so that – I mean, we're on week 18 in the NFL, and he's never played that many games before, and he's playing his best football – so uh, definitely stock up for those guys.
2: Yeah, and I want to give a quick shout-out to Joseph Hefner. He's our sports data uh, scientist, uh, analytics guy here at KC Sports Network. He does it every week. He puts out a graphic uh, that we post on our network. He's the one who puts it together. Uh, but looking at rookie snap counts uh, across the NFL for uh, the rookie class, yeah. and the Chiefs have been fit- sitting in that between fourth and sixth all season for the most production and snaps. Um, played out of again out of their rookie class, and you're they're comparing to teams like the Houston Texans, being number one, the Seattle right. Seahawks, the Chicago Bears. The you only know, the New York Giants are up there. So shout out to the Giants for being a team that's competed yeah. uh, competing this season. But again, talk about Brett Veach and the class that they've had. They're not only getting these rookies on the field to get experience, they're getting them experience, and they're finding success doing it. And that's a shout out to everyone. Yeah. You know, we talked about it before, which is kind of. ELE on this show, just everybody loves everybody, give credit to everyone. <laughs> but you got to give credit. You know, when these young players get into the league, they're position coaches, those quality control guys that are giving in the scouting reports and teaching them. Yeah. That- how to watch film and what to look for and how to run a scout team, how to do things throughout the week at a professional level under one of the greatest coaches in NFL history. You know, it starts with Andy Reid and his system, but it goes down to Spagnuolo and Eric Bieniemy and Matt Nagy on both sides right. of the ball. And then those position coaches, the quality control, the guys that you don't hear from all the time, uh, but are making all every bit of difference. I mean, that was Mike Kafka when Patrick Mahomes right. got drafted. He was that dude that was just like here, you know, Nagy's with Alex, And like they're going to, you know, get ready for the game plan. Here is your up and coming coach that is going to kind of not dumb things, slow things down for you to really make sure that he understands it. And now everybody knows who Mike Kafka is. Back then, they might have remembered him as the quarterback in the NFL, members of a player. But talking about the development of the players and getting those rookies ready to step on the field and compete at a high level to, you know, help the Chiefs. Sit there at 13 and three with uh, one of the best records in the AFC or tied for the best record in the AFC. So, yeah, Um, any other stock ups before we move on?
3: That's all the good news you get from me this week. I mean, I've praised everyone on the team, it feels like. So, uh, stock down will be more, you know, top level philosophical instead of calling everybody out.
2: Let's give everybody a little breather, let's take a quick break, and we'll right back after this, we will uh, get to our stock down
1: report. You're listening to the fastest-growing sports media network in Kansas City. KC Sports Network. We'll be back right after this. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the Fall Guy.
0: Let's do doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yeah!
2: All right, welcome back to KCS and Update. I'm BJ Kissel, hanging out with ESPN's Matt Miller for his stock up, stock down report. We went through the stock up. Now it's time for the other side of things. Matt, what have you got for us for a stock down as the Chiefs head into week 18?
3: Yeah, BJ, these are more like 10,000 foot views instead of individually calling players out this week because, again, it's a win is a win in the NFL. It's hard to do, especially the streak that this team is on. My big concern, and I've, I've mentioned this a lot recently is this team playing down to the competition. I, I think that's one of the biggest question marks is, can you, can you play up? And I, I think we saw that against Seattle a little bit and you and I talked about it. Of like, okay, there it is. That was the game we needed to see, you know, a team play up and, and be uh, at the time a team that was competing for a playoff spot. But, you know, I think we could look at games against Houston, games against Denver, uh, games against the Raiders, where it's okay. You're playing down. And I think instead going into the playoffs, yes, they're winning games, but it's you would like to see I, I think a little bit more aggression almost, you know, to play up to that level where everybody's everybody's having a good game at once. And maybe we'll see that in the postseason. But I'm hopeful that, you know, week 18 against the Raiders, it's a road game against your bitter rival. I would love to see an ass whipping just that shows, okay, this team's clicking. Uh, and, and the Raiders play the Niners very very well on Sunday yeah with uh with Jarrett Stidham a quarterback of all things mm-hmm. so we'll we'll see what the Chiefs get but I I'm as an unbiased observer I'm hoping that we see a little bit more of you know the you know the two to three touchdown victories that we kind of got used to with this team
2: yeah I <laughs> the- the good news is going into the playoffs, you don't play down to your opponents because you're playing good opponents. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's like right. the 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 maybe it's just my brain trying to make it make sense and to to protect myself, be like, you know what? They get through this week. Uh, and I'll give the Raiders credit. I thought there was no way that they would come out and have any fight, especially against a team Same. like the Niners, especially Chandler Jones is out, Denzel Perriman is out, and they made a change at quarterback. Like it they need to come out and play well. I don't this needs to be a stress free yep. game. Uh, on Saturday afternoon uh, but let's move on to any other stock downs that you have
3: yeah just one that has become familiar for you guys and that special teams it it <laughs> reared its ugly head again on Sunday uh, with the Butker uh, missed field goal and it looked like there was maybe some confusion after the fact again so um, I think the kick actually got blocked is what it ended up yeah. being but in real time it was like oh my god we got this is another whole problem. What's going on? What's the communication? But and I, I don't want to be right about this, but I've I've been saying that I think all season is special teams is going to hurt this team in a moment where they can't cover it up because they're playing the Broncos or the Texans. And I, yeah. I hope I'm wrong about that. But it is, at, you know, once we get into the postseason, I I will not be going to the bathroom during extra points and field goals. I'll be locked in watching and see what happens
2: talked about this with nate taylor uh after the colquitt comments that first show after dustin colquitt had said yeah. publicly like hey the holds have been an issue too not saying that butker hasn't also missed but it's not like a hundred percent of his on butker there's a, there's multiple issues that are going on here which is not great uh to know that it's not just butker that there's other things going on and then you get into the confidence issue um kent swanson our network had done some screenshots of the blocked kick and he was showing and, and he could speak better this because he held in college as he was a quarterback uh, and played college football and um, different people have said different things as far as analyzing the holds and that you can see where tommy townsend puts his finger down and then when he catches it and sets the ball down it's off by about four inches from where his finger was so is that built in does butker know that or is he literally not putting the ball where butker is aiming uh yeah. all of those things again it's up to them to fix it and that kick didn't matter because it was blocked but you start over analyzing everything because Dustin Colquitt kind of shined a light on this like hey let's pay some more attention uh to all of this stuff but I had mentioned to Nate that what was gonna worry me is that for a young player like Tommy Townsend doing something that is I would say is nerve-wracking because it's muscle memory it's repetition you do it a lot but it's a very fine kind of uh yeah fine thing that you're doing uh as opposed to like you know blocking and those kinds of things that if he gets in his head about it, are you worried he's going to like start fumbling snaps? And he was like, no, I don't think that. And then I didn't see the one. I wasn't watching live because I was driving to to get to the game because I was down in Texas and realized that not every game is on every channel. Uh, so I had to go find a, a local sports bar to watch the game. But, um, yeah, having confidence issues, even catching the ball and placing it down, let alone placing it in the right spot, uh, is not what you want. Obviously, going into the playoffs, hopefully they can clean all that up.
3: Yeah. But otherwise, you know, it's 98% good right now. There's yeah. a 2% concern. You still have Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey. So maybe
2: they yeah, just they don't kick. You know, just put the ball still in Patrick Mahomes time every time, you know, unless it's, you know, 40 yards and in. Um, but yeah, I, the margin of error being so much smaller in playoff games that everything yeah. is magnified that, you know, do I think that, you know, they're still operating even though he's missed, a lot more kicks and the, that battery has not been great this year. Yeah. Uh, They're still making the majority of their kicks. You know, it's not like they're 50, 50 um, on a lot of these things, but definitely I need to get that cleaned up and feel like they have enough experience that they can figure it out for the three or four big kicks that are going to happen. I just need the good reps to come uh, in the moments that matter. (laughs) All right. Anything else that you've got for us before we let you go? Um, no,
3: I, I'm I'm excited for the Raider game on Sunday, uh, and uh, or Saturday, Saturday. Yeah. Thanks for flexing NFL. It's the next um, it's the next
2: NFL game on the calendar yeah. after you know everybody again. You know, we talked about the top of the show with yeah. the Demar Hamlin situation, and uh, hopefully we get you know some good news on that before you know any NFL team steps out on the field because everybody yeah. is going to be thinking about him and this this fraternity of players and coaches and, and people
3: that absolutely
2: um, cover and work for the NFL and root for the NFL. I mean, we're all part of this. Like we talked about $6.2 million raised for his foundation uh, over the last few days. Absolutely amazing.
3: Yeah, no, it absolutely is. And, and yeah, I can't say it enough. I think we're all, all pulling for DeMar and and, and his family. And, and also, you know, for T Higgins who it's, yeah, it just, it's, a, you know, it's an accident. It's a, a kind of a crazy play and it's not anyone's fault. It wasn't malicious. Um so yeah just you know sending out all the best to everybody involved and and hopefully you and I are going to hop off this call check Twitter and there's going to be some some more good news.
2: Absolutely. All right. We appreciate everybody for hanging out and listening to this episode of KC's an update again that was ESPN's Matt Miller. You can find all his work covering the NFL and the NFL draft for ESPN as uh the end of the regular season hits the the scouts and the the draft people Uh, start cranking up all the work they're doing. You can find Matt's great work at ESPN. And we appreciate your support of listening to the show and what we've got going on at KC Sports Network. Got plenty of content throughout the week. So hit that follow button on your favorite podcast platform. And we appreciate if you give us a nice review. Uh, Helps us reach more people and grow what we're doing here at KC Sports Network. Again, hope you all have a fantastic rest of your week. Hoping and praying for great news
1: uh, on the Damar Hamlin situation here soon. But uh, we'll see you all next time. KC Sports Network.